Welcome to Inside Your Schools, a local podcast from, for, and within the San Luis Coastal Unified School District. Join us for a deep dive into things like innovation, artificial intelligence, empowering student voice, career technical education, school facilities, youth athletics, summer programs, and so much more. So tune in each month and learn more about how San Luis Coastal Unified School District is impacting students, staff, families, and community right here on Inside Your Schools. Well, welcome again to Inside Your Schools, the San Luis Coastal Unified School District's monthly podcast. I'm your host, Terry Caney, and this is podcast number five. And this time we'll be discussing San Luis Coastal's career technical education program. With us today are two people who are very close to this program, Leslie O'Connor and Marcy Badal. Welcome to the show. Please start by introducing yourselves and your role in the district. Thank you. My name is Marcy Bedell, and I am a teacher on special assignment that oversees career technical education, uh, better known as the CTE TOSA. And good morning, folks. Uh, my name is Leslie O'Connor. I'm the secondary district uh, director, um, and I also have the responsibility to oversee adult education in San Luis Coastal. Awesome. Right on. Um, and so just for clarification, Marcy, TOSA is teacher on special assignment, right? Yes, correct. Got it. All right. Well, let's dig in. Um, you know, I want to start by kind of going whole to part if we can. Um, so like a generation ago, when you would think about CTE, I mean, typically you would think wood shop, metal shop, auto shop kind of thing, right? But CTE has changed dramatically over the years, I know. So let's talk a little bit about how the program, how long the program's been there at San Luis Coastal, and then sort of how how it's evolved throughout the years. Whoever wants to start. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a really quite good question. I'll I'll jump in a little bit. Um, yeah, you're right, Terry. I mean, back in the day, we often talked about industrial technology. Uh, we had a lot of times talk about wood shop, metal shop, auto, um, and and then it would, the conversation would pretty much end at that point, and people would talk mm -hmm. about their experiences, uh, all positive, being in those shop kind of classes. Um, you know, I remember having a conversation with our auto teacher, one of our bond measures that we passed in like 1978, 79, mm -hmm. uh, we updated our auto shop state of the art at San Luis Obispo high school with that bond. Um, so when you're looking at a timeline, you're talking, you know, 40, 50 years, uh, back in the day, we, a lot of times we talked about regional occupational programs or the acronyms that we love to use in education, like <laughs> ROP. Um, right. and, and so you would have these conversations. I would say that it's always been part of our educational journey, not only in San Luis Coastal, but also as a state level. But I guess to, to get to some of the things we'll talk about, the amount of funding that's being now available over the last eight to 10 years to support that transition from the traditional ROP, industrial tech, to more of the career technical education focus has changed dramatically and it's changed the landscape dramatically as well. Well, and I assume that with the evolution of, you know, from ROP, the transition to CTE and, and all of the emphasis by the state of California and which, you know, they're backing it up through funding that the students you serve also has 
kind of evolved, right? The mm -hmm. profile of a typical student who would be served by CTE. Talk a little bit about that. And Terry, I was going to say from, you know, from my perspective, I was uh, in, in high school in the later 90s when it was still ROP. And I wouldn't have been considered to be the stereotypical ROP student because of what Leslie kind of referred to as, again, more the industrial tech. That's what was happening at my high school. And, you know, even into my early education as a, as a teacher, a lot of it was just more industrial tech heavy. I think one of the things that's amazing about San Luis Coastal of, is that they've kind of flipped that. And and so you have a program, I think, of AP computer science that is career technical education, but also an AP class. Often people see CTE and um, advanced placement of AP classes as two separate entities. You know, it can be very divisive. Um, but our school district and our programs have done a really good job of integrating those. So an AP student is also a CTE student. So to your point, the student landscape has drastically changed as well from what Mr. O'Connor was referring to in the 70s, 80s. 90s, it's definitely changed, I think, particularly in San Luis Coastal, because there's been a direct effort by people like Mr. O'Connor and the leadership to m ensure that all students are getting these, you know, elective type courses that can lead to high paying careers. Yeah. Awesome. To, to jump in there, one of the things that we really work on emphasizing is that uh, career exploration piece as well, right? Mm -hmm. So we're really working intentionally with our students, even as early as middle school, talking about six-year plans and, and changing the conversation from, as you said about the history, the industrial technology piece or the shop piece to not only career technical education, but more importantly, career exploration. Uh, right. I mean, just I'm, you know, I'm from a completely different culture and different country and different education system. So in our system, uh, in in the British system in Ireland, we talk about like what's your goal aspirationally for a career, and university may not even be part of that conversation. Like, so we'll always emphasize, like, you know, to an eleven-year-old, like, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? Mm -hmm. And the answer isn't. Oh, well, I'm going to go to college or I'm going to go to university. The answer is, well, I want to be a plumber. I want to be an electrician. I want to work in a bank. I want to be a teacher. And flipping that model a little bit so we're having those conversations. A lot of times you're hearing like college and career readiness. Well, it's mm -hmm. it's career and does college play a role in that? And it's not to underemphasize the importance of the college piece, but it's to over emphasize the career exploration piece. So it's strategic and intentional because of that. And then wage paying jobs, excuse me, head of household paying jobs, where we're really intentionally thinking about how do we serve our community needs and develop our students to have uh, high paying jobs in our, our community. Awesome. Yeah. So I know that you've, um, so when we talk about CTE, um, one of the key terms you use are pathways. Um, so explain kind of that process, because I think it kind of evolves from the time a student is, let's say, a freshman in high school to the time that they graduate, right? And it kind of, um, they sort of matriculate through a particular path of a career tech ed program. Like I'm looking at Morrow, Morrow Bay High's um, pathways, for example, and biotechnology is, is one of the <laughs> pathways you've got. So if a student or a student wants to be an engineer, there's a, there's a, a path for that to occur too. So talk a little bit about kind of how that pathway piece fits in. 
So I can speak to that. Um, so all of our pathways are built by CTE standards, um, and they go through ex- essentially what it sounds like, a, pa- a path. Um, so there's an introductory course, there's a concentrator course, and then there's the capstone course. Um, you know, our two high schools are unique because they're on two separate systems. So at Morro Bay, there's a semester system at um, San Luis Obispo High School. It's a trimester system. So the way that they work through that path is a little bit different depending on the high school that you go to, uh, but they do all have to meet the requirements of 300 hours um, in order to be a pathway completer. So as you're working through the introductory course, the concentrator course, and the capstone course, they'll complete those 300 hours. Got it. Okay. Well, and I think, you know, as Leslie, as you talked about a little bit, one of the misconceptions about CTE is that, you know, if my child participates in a CTE program or pathway, it means that they're less likely to go to college. And that's not necessarily the case anymore, right? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, we have uh, lots and lots of our students, and you talked about this, uh, the makeup, the DNA of that student, uh, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago uh, in, a, in a shop class versus the DNA or makeup yeah. of our students in our career technical education courses right now. And as Mar- Marcy said, like that pathway development, you think about uh, the industry sectors. So when you you look at Morro Bay and San Luis Obispo High School and you look at those industry sectors that we've identified. And then within those industry sectors, you're talking about pathways in the industry. Even bringing that terminology to the student and to the staff emphasizes the career exploration piece that's so mm-hmm. important within our school district and our schools. Uh, and you touched on, you know, whether it's an engineering pathway at Morro Bay or an engineering pathway at San Luis High. If you're in the introductory course, introductory uh, introduction to engineering or metal fabrication or welding, and then you're building that out because holistically you want to give the student that opportunity to kind of be exposed to those mm-hmm. industry standards. Maybe it's an industry certification process like automotive. Um, mm-hmm. It might be digital media. You're bringing those amazing resources for the students to be exposed in the latest mm-hmm. technology. At the same time, uh, we're developing students for positions and jobs and careers that sometimes don't even exist yet, right? right. Think about the advancement of uh, AI and the technology that we've seen in our lifetime. Uh, that That's the challenge, but also the excitement that we bring to the career technical education field. And for Terry, sure. to kind of give mm-hmm. you some data on that piece as well, to use Morro Bay as an example, almost half of their graduates will complete a CT pathway while also being A through G um, completers as well. So again, you know, kind of mirroring the two, the A through G college students and, you know, the career technical education piece. So just to give you a little right. piece of data. And then to, because we do this, Terry, all the time, like we use a lot of acronyms like A3G, we're talking about right. our CSU UC system where they're able to be admitted straight into university within the state system of Cal State or UC. But the other piece of the puzzle that we're really proud of is the partnership with Cuesta College. And mm-hmm. a lot of our uh, courses in our career technical education field are also dual enrolled, which mm-hmm. clearly means that um, our students are receiving that local community college credit whilst on a high school campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a great value add for our students. That's terrific. So, so when you say dual enrolled concurrent enrollment, that means that uh, while they're attending school at Morro Bay or at San Luis High, they're at the same time getting college credit at their local community college, right? right? Yes. That's correct. Yeah. Right on. About how many students are involved in the program, roughly? 
students, I don't know necessarily number of students because it always mm-hmm. depends on enrollment, but in terms of yeah. our CCAP, what's called the CCAP classes mm-hmm. for the dual enrollment, um, out of the 10 pathways at Morrow Bay, we have six that are dual enrolled. And at San Luis Obispo High School, out of the 17 pathways, we have 14 that are dual That's enrolled. terrific. Right on. And now if, now if a student, say you start as a freshman and you're kind of going along the path of engineering architecture or something, um, how flexible is it? So if I want to pivot and say, you know, maybe it's not quite for me, sophomore year, can I can I change course? Absolutely. I, I think, you know, again, for me, one of the things coming to San Luis Coastal is, you know, kind of an outsider. I came from Clovis that had very, very limited um, CTE opportunities. I was amazed at the offerings that you have the ability to take. So, you know, you, if you take an introductory course into engineering and, uh, you know, this isn't for me. Maybe I'm not as good at math as I thought I was going to be. Mm-hmm. I want to go into fashion design, interior design, you know, culinary. We have an amazing culinary program. There's just so many different opportunities uh, for students. Again, I think we do a lot of that work ahead of time at the middle school. To Leslie's reference, um, we have two dedicated middle school counselors at each of our middle schools for career exploration, ca- career and college exploration. And so I think, you know, we do a lot of that prep work. So by the time they get to high school, they, you know, potentially have a little bit of an idea, Mm -hmm. but certainly they can always pivot into, you know, one of our many other CTE offerings. Mm. So, so as a middle, middle school student, is there kind of, do you have a wheel then as part of the core program in middle schools? And then can a student basically say, I know I want to do this in high school. Um, can, can I sort of get an introduction to that with some sort of a course in the arts, for example, um, at the middle school level? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, one okay. of the things we're really proud of, of of the work at our middle schools, both Laguna and Loams, is to bring those kinds of uh, high-level courses to our students in seventh grade, eighth grade, and the wheel, as you talked about. One of the other partnerships that we're really proud of is with our San Luis Coastal Foundation, because we have an elementary I, I innovate innovation program I know we've talked about in previous podcasts. Yeah. And our reach now is to start to build out that secondary I innovate through our middle grades and really link our elementary through middle into high school. And it's all about the exposure. You know, we're really proud of the work that Laguna Middle School, for example, has uh, started like a engineering and aerospace elective opportunity last year uh, Mm -hmm. for students in seventh and eighth grade. And just like you said, Terry, having students enrolled in that gives them the opportunity to look at and be exposed to concepts that'll transition to high school, right, at San Luis High, Mm -hmm. where they can go into the engineering pathway. They may look at digital media as part of that aerospace design. And then we're really excited about that partnership that we have with Questa also because they've built out their aerospace technician program or aviation technician. And and we've seen that development in partnership with local industry as well. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a perfect segue to, to, to kind of the next piece, which is talking about the industry side of things, right? So um, I assume this, just by the nature of the the program itself, allows you to really form some solid partnerships with your local community, right? From an industry standpoint, um, so so talk a little bit of, of, about that. Kind of who are some of the players that are involved, and 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 how are they able to partner with the with the district um, that fits in with the CTA pathway program? 
I can speak to that a little bit as well. I think, you know, in addition to the partnerships, we have um, an advisory board that we have at our at our district level. Our, our teachers essentially kind of make connections with industry mm-hmm. partners because one of the things that we always want to make sure we're doing, and Leslie referenced this as well, is we're not just creating, you know, students who are ready for jobs that exist currently, but jobs that don't even exist. And, you know, I use an example with a lot of students. My, my cousin is a social media manager. Manager. That didn't exist when I was growing up, right? So, um, you know, teaching students in a way to be problem solving and innovative. And so, what we do with these partnerships is not necessarily just talk about what our students can learn now, but what are some skills that would help them in their industry as their own industry, you know, advances and moves forward. So, um, for example, we've taken field trips, we take groups of students, we've gone to Trust Automation, uh, which is a local, mm-hmm. you know, engineering company here and they build the the ovens that Starbucks uses uh, mm-hmm. for their sandwiches, but they also build drones that help drop bombs. So you have this like dichotomy of, um, you know, two different tasks that an engineer in their own company is doing. And, you know, the owner actually came out and was speaking to the students of, you know, we don't, you didn't necessarily learn this in college. We have an engineer who's in his 50s. There weren't drones when he was in college, but he is a problem solver. He has this growth mindset. And so it was really good for the, the students to be able to hear that, mm-hmm. um, you know, from an owner. Leslie obviously referenced ACI Jet. Uh, we also took a group of students out to a- ACI Jet to see their um, collaborative kind of program that they're doing with Cuesta College uh, for the aviation technician uh, piece. Um, you referenced the biotechnology class um, out at Morro Bay. I, I was just out on a field trip with those students um, at the Santa Rita Ranch Preserve, and they were finding mushrooms <laughs> um, mm. and analyzing all the different mushrooms that are on this preserve. And, you know, it was just so enjoyable for me to see teenagers running around looking at the mushrooms and how and identifying which mushroom and this mushroom does this, etc. Um, way outside of my knowledge um, of science, but just the opportunities that we're exposing students to and being able to have them, again, experience this from mm-hmm. these industry partners um, has, has I think, greatly valued our students. Right on. And, and the good kinds of mushrooms, I assume, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, I, I mean, but, but it also... It, it, there's some flexibility built in from from the educator standpoint too, from what I understand, right? So, I mean, I, I have a, a, a few friends who um, have been in part of industry for the majority of their career, wanted to then all of a sudden pivot and give back and saw that teaching was a great way to do that. And, and I think that the CTA, uh, CTE has allowed them to um, not necessarily go the path of having to get your, you know, high school math credential or English credential, right? But but the, through CTE, they're able to use their industry skills and expertise and knowledge and still be able to be a classroom teacher, right? Yeah, and, and I let Marcy speak to the qualification piece in a little bit, but but that's one of the unique challenges when we uh, look at the recruitment process. I'm heavily involved mm-hmm. in the recruitment of staff and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, very proud to say we, we've recruited industry people who maybe have not had 
much teaching experience in their past life, right? And I, I think of our engineering teacher that we hired for Laguna Middle School, uh, fantastic, but hadn't necessarily got that experience working with kids. Um, and I always use the adage like, we can kind of we can teach you how to teach, uh, but we can't give you that like knowledge of engineering. I think about uh, a teacher we hired for culinary at San Luis Obispo High School. Um, he had been an executive chef at a very uh, noteworthy restaurant in San Luis Obispo. I mean, he was he literally, no pun intended, had the kids eating out of the palm of his hand the minute he nice. started to like <laughs> teach and show them. But yes, yeah. the state has made that a mission to recruit out of industry and then to partner with um, the the. Department of Education to make sure that we can get these wonderfully talented professionals in front of our kids. And Marcy works a lot of times with our staff on that certification process that she could probably speak to. Yeah. So for um, in order to obtain the CTE credential, you do have to have over 1,500 hours of professional um, experience in whatever pathway, obviously, you are trying to explore and getting a credential. And I think uh, for me, exactly what Leslie spoke to, it's amazing to be able to get people who have never been teachers before and are in, you know, again, just the private sector, a different profession, and then coming into the classroom and just being able to bring that wealth of knowledge um, of their industry is is just a different path than a traditional teacher like me. I went through the credential program. I became a teacher at 23 years old and, you know, have very little life experience outside of the education world. So to be able to have, you know, the teacher that Leslie's referencing as the culinary teacher at San Luis Obispo High School, they're just being able to bring a different viewpoint than, mm-hmm. you know, again, your kind of stereotypical teacher that started very young. And I think that's such a yeah. gift to our students that is is rare and they're so lucky to be able to have that experience with somebody that has actually been in the industry and worked in the industry. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I I, I would imagine that, I mean, having been somewhat close to building a master schedule in high school, it, it, it's an art. I mean, it's not an easy <laughs> feat, right? And so when you, when you think about um, a program like this, I, I would assume that it really is based on the interests of the students, right? How do we how do we pick a course that's really going to hit home with kids? Um, so talk a little bit uh, about that because you you can't really have a class where you've got three or four kids in a class, right? And so so you've got to sort of you know build your master schedule and do it in a way that you make sure that there's course offerings that kids are really going to you know sink their teeth into, right? Yeah, it's a really good question, and and you're right about the artful nature of developing a master schedule. Um, and a lot, a lot of times, I'll say like kids will vote with their feet, right? Like they'll mm-hmm. go yep. to that high interest place. But another piece of the conversation about what we should offer and need to offer is again going back to like uh, something that comes to mind. Marcy and I both attended a Reach uh, Job Summit, uh, Reach 2024 uh, event in Santa Barbara just last week, and where they're talking about as a sector, as an area, as a as a space on the central coast, what are those high paying jobs that we're looking at? We're looking at research and development. We're looking at aerospace. We're looking at drones. We're looking at, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying In, to think. Environmental, environmental and climate, climate. And, and so we have to be mindful also of meeting that uh, piece of the puzzle. And so when we look at developing courses, it's it's a little bit about the marketing too to our students For sure. and trying to explain to them. And that's the wor- wonderful work of our counseling team and our admin teams to be able to talk with parents and students about the the importance of this course in engineering and how it will set you up for success. Taking an engineering design course in middle school 
doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to become an electrical engineer or a mechanical engineer, but it does expose you to all of the extra opportunities that might come out of engineering. Um, and then when you're building that master schedule, you want to make sure that you leverage those opportunities for students so they're not mm -hmm. competing necessarily, for example, at the same time against band or maybe at the same time against a PE class. So you want to make sure you're strategic in how you position in the master schedule itself. But it's it's really about bringing the information and the knowledge to the students and to the staff and to the parents mm -hmm. so they get a full breadth of what you have to offer. One of the nice things in San Luis Coastal, we do a really awesome job of bringing a breadth of opportunity to our students. And you said this earlier, can a student dabble in multiple courses without necessarily completing a pathway? Yes, absolutely. Because again, it's that exposure piece. Yeah. It gives them an opportunity to dabble and find something that really catches them and maybe that's what's going to stick with them. Maybe not right away in their freshman, sophomore year, but it may circle back again 18, mm -hmm. 19, 20 years old where they enjoyed a specific kind of learning opportunity. Excellent. Well, if I'm a parent or a community member or somebody in the industry who um, is thinking I might want to change in a career path or just want to learn a little bit more about CTE, where, sh where can I go? Um, they can definitely contact me, certainly, um, you know, people contact Mr. O'Connor as well. But yes, they can certainly reach out to me, Marcy Bedell, um, and I can direct them. We are always looking for industry partners. Um, you know, again, we don't know always what we don't know as well. And um, to Leslie's point of wanting to connect our students with, um, you know, industry insiders that not only can connect them with potential internships or yeah. just an experience of this is what the job actually looks like. I think that's why those field trip experiences are so great for the kids. Um, you know, one of the students at uh, Trust Automation when we went to the field trip was like, you get to do this all day to one of their tech engineers? And he was like, yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, just to see that connection for a student, um, I just think is great. So we are always looking for industry partners. I would love to connect with anybody that is interested in helping provide more opportunities for our students. Yeah, and, and then to bridge off that, if there's anybody listening that would be working in industry and then have, you know, mm -hmm. a yearning to be involved in education, please mm -hmm. feel reach out, contact myself, contact HR. We're always looking for those uh, keen uh, real life experiences. I was talking to a gentleman just the other day who's a retiring engineer who had, you know, all the way through math classes, uh, calculus and, and beyond. And I was explaining to them, like, that might be a, a perfect fit. We're, we're constantly looking for highly qualified people to help and support in math, he might end up teaching geometry and algebra one, even though his qualifications in college have gone all the way through calculus. So we're looking to find those uh, wins for everybody. For sure. Well, I know there's also a, a wealth of information on your website. It looks really great. Um, to go there, you just go to slcusd.org, click on academics. And thank you both for joining us today. This has been uh, a wonderful. I learned a ton. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you, Terry. Awesome. This is uh, first for me, and I really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Right on. Right on. I'm super glad. Well, and thank you also to the San Luis Obispo County Office of Education, everyone involved behind the scene. Of course, Mandy Dawson, thank you for all that you do from a scheduling standpoint. And a quick reminder that each of our Inside Your Schools episodes on our podcast can be found on the district website at slcusd.org. And thank you for joining us for another episode of Inside Your Schools. And we'll see you next time.